This is the EXO Marriage Podcast, a production of Marriage Today. This podcast is an exclusive inside look into the world of EXO. Here you'll learn more about the live conferences, expert speakers, and we'll explore relevant topics to help you get stronger in your relationships. Hey everyone, we're live in Southlake, Texas, and we're here at the EXO Conference 2019, having a great time. It's been kicked off this morning in a big way. Uh, my father, Jimmy Evans, was first up. After him was Bianca Oltoff, and she's our guest today on the podcast. Hello, Bianca. Hi, it's so good to be here. And uh, you literally just walked off the stage not too long ago. I did. Uh, we used to just do Friday night, Saturday morning, and we introduced the day sessions, and we filled them up with so many good speakers. Uh, I will say, though, that you are one of the highlights of the lineup this year. Wow, what an honor. And Thank I'm not you. just saying that. It's because you bring so much depth. Uh, not just in marriage, but in the word, and a lot. Uh, not just women, but men want to hear from you too. And so, I was listening to your session, and we'll dive into the topic of what you talked about. But first, I want to know more about Bianca. Absolutely. Okay. So the funny thing is, is this is my very first topic conversation preach teach on marriage. Mm. So I just jumped right into the big pool, and um, I feel like the 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 grace that everyone has given me and the feeling in the room, I feel honored to be here. So thank you for that. I hail from the Promised Land, aka Southern California. Mm. My so, husband, so sorry. <laughs> it's a hard life, you know, ministry <laughs> out there. Jesus has, has called us to it. Um, so I have been married for eight years. Uh, my husband and I have been together for ten years. We met uh, online. And um, so I come from a very like conservative Hispanic family. So the fact that we met online and actually got married and I wasn't ki- killed by the Craigslist killer, like still is proof that there's a God and my family's about it now. Uh, we also are a blended family. My husband was previously married and he had two kids. So when we started dating, they were three and five. They're now 13 and 15. Oh my goodness. So the house is full of teenagers. And uh, I always joke around and say the fact that no one is killed in my house yet is a miracle in and of itself. So it's a little bit of my family. You met Matt online, you fall in love, you get married, and now you have children. Yeah, You go instant. from zero to two. Instant. And was the process automatic? Did they immediately have good conversations with you and you with them? Was there openness about it? Or has it been a journey along the way to learn how to relate to two new kids right. and that sort of thing? Right. You know, this conversation usually is on the fringe to have uh, someone talk about blended relationships because they're all so unique and complicated. So I can give my perspective and then also have like a wide a latitude of grace because everyone comes into relationships, especially blended families from a different standpoint. Our, our beginning was very strong. I felt very blessed that our dating relationship was like an instant connection and instant fit. At the same time, I was living in Los Angeles and my now husband was living in Orange County. So I would only see him uh, once, maybe twice a week. And then uh, he has 60% custody of the kids. So I would only see them basically every other week. Mm -hmm. So in those times, I was like the fun auntie that would come in and we just have fun and play games. Then we got married, like literally the day that I got back from our honeymoon, Ryan, my now 13-year-old, then five-year-old, Uh, had a meltdown. And I went from like the comforter to a disciplinarian. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was as jarring for the kids as it was for myself. Mm. So our first two years of marriage were very, very difficult. And it wasn't just the kids. I had moved from Los Angeles to Orange County. I had moved different churches. I had become an instant wife and an instant mom of two. I left my community in uh, LA and, you know, LA is like gritty and urban and, and colorful and Orange County is not that. So I was going through a whole life change and stage. In addition to that, uh, I began working for 
uh, Christine Kane and mm -hmm. A21, the anti-human trafficking organization. So my whole life was flipped upside down. That first uh, two years was very difficult, not just from a parenting standpoint, but even from a marriage standpoint. Mm -hmm. uh, if it wasn't for our commitment, we just told each other in the very beginning, we will never talk about divorce. Mm ever, uh, that now my husband broke that rule. In our first year of marriage, in a very, very intense fight, like I'm talking like fight, fight, like pull out boxing gloves fight. Uh -huh. One time he says like, do you just wanna get divorced? Let me tell you, I turned around like the spawn of Satan. <laughs> the voice that came out of me was like, you're stuck with me, <laughs> never say that. Uh, but the grace of God, healthy uh, community and relationships of those that have been married for a longer period of time, as well as biblical counseling and therapy mm -hmm. really came in uh, and helped us navigate communication, language, intimacy, and affection. He's of German descent. He's from the Midwest. So they're super conservative and they say, I love you like once a year, you know? And then like my family is just like, we tell each other I love you like 8,000 times, right. you know? And so what does a medium healthy ground look like? So all of that to say, the first two, maybe even three years were very difficult, but we're in a place now where we have healthy tools, much like AXA was providing for people, Marriage Today is providing for people from podcasts to curriculum to teaching to conferences. I'm sitting here and I was listening to Pastor Jimmy and I'm like, I wish that Matt was mm -hmm. here. I wish that my husband was here. So much so I turned to one of the EXO staff and I, re I already requested for all the sessions because not just for myself, but for friends that are struggling in marriage. I just think that this is a great asset for them. Mm -hmm. Well, you may not know, but you and Matt are role models. I mean, mm -hmm. people even getting to the 10 year mark, um, most people don't make that long. And then as a blended family, the challenges of that. Mm -hmm. And I think taking on kids that are three and five is a little bit easier maybe than 13 and 15. So you've had a chance to kind of grow up with them some. Well, hold up, hold okay, up. Well, because <laughs> it's like a yes and no. And everyone who gets teenagers like, I wish I would have them younger. And then everyone who gets them younger, you're like, I wish I was having teenagers because then they get well, out of the house, know. you know? So I think the grass is always greener. Uh, there are pros and cons to both sides. Mm -hmm. So uh, the conversation definitely is more layered because you're co-parenting and it's two different worlds, two different systems, two different structures. And then do you like their ex? Do you not like their ex? Is there shared custody? Is there not shared custody? There's so many moving pieces that um, I would be awesome for married couples to give grace to blended families because there's just, marriage is hard, but blended marriage is even hard, yeah, harder. Is. And no, no two are the same. And you said right. it right. I mean, there's just so many different variables that come into place. Yeah. Um, the age is one of them. Mm -hmm. The ex-spouses, if they're friendly or not. Mm, the finances. Jesus, <laughs> I know. It's all about, and you know, there's, there's grace. Uh, and obviously God can do anything, um, but it takes work. It does. A lot of work. I want to talk about something that's interesting to me only because I tried to become one. Oh, no. um, the sommelier. Is, <gasps> is Matt a sommelier? He is. You've okay. done your research, so, friend. I know. Can I brag on him? You may. And, Not and, I, and I just want to say first and foremost that I got so intimidated by the process of becoming a sommelier that I couldn't even do it. So I, yes, please brag on him. Okay, so for those that are listening to the podcast and they're like, what did he just say? Um, it is a wine expert. The, word, the French word is a wine expert. Um, and and uh, not only is he a SOM, he is a level three WSET SOM, and he's also a Napa Valley specialist. So mm. my husband has really put for, and he had laminated cue cards. He had this huge poster with every great varietal in the world world in his study. I mean, he, the man woke up at four o'clock to study for six hours before the day started. Like he took this very seriously. And it all happened because uh, we were studying John 15. Oh my gosh, that makes it sound really spiritual. I mean, listen, we don't usually study the Bible together. <laughs> we should, we should, but we happen to be. And uh, some friends invited us to Napa 
when we were there and just hearing the beautiful description of the power of the vine and the grape process and the winemaking process, Matt was just so mind blown that when he came down, he said, this is a process and a journey I want to take. And so he's a level three son. Yeah, no, it's he, he's obviously brilliant. He is. The, if, for those listening, uh, somebody that can put their nose into a glass and go, mm, <laughs> this came from the earthy soil of the Bordeaux region <laughs> of France. That and it has true. hints of uh, popcorn, grape, <laughs> grapefruit, and a little bit of baby powder. I mean, I don't know how many different varieties there are out there, but they can tell you in detail about every varietal out there. So they're not only just have to be smart, but their senses have to be at full alert. Yes. So it's a big deal. Yes. Um, so congratulations to Matt. Thank you. I'm yeah. so proud of him. Now, just to clarify, he's he's not a master psalm, so he's one step beneath that. But for his testing, he literally had four varietals, two whites, two reds. And uh, he he got, I'm just so proud of him. He got 100% on all of them. Nice. So he gets the region, the year, and the grape varietal. Yeah, so most people are just like, I just I just drink whatever's like macaroni grill. <laughs> and <laughs> that's okay. Wine, There's only two grill. types of wine, wine that you like and wine that you don't like. No, I, I do appreciate that. Um, and it is a, a very, when you study it, it's a very um, masterful, and there's a lot of tie into the word and scripture about how, how things come to fruition and wine gets better with age. and. Um, like marriage. Like marriage. See how I brought that back? I brought it back to marriage. It's good. <laughs> well, let's talk about your message today at the EXO conference. Uh, you talked about attraction versus lust. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners out there, just sort of unpack that a little bit more for them. Okay. So I think that we have open-handedly given the message of attraction to uh, magazines and movies and medias for us to determine what that is. But we have this amazing guide, the Word of God. And uh, one of the statistics that... I was I brought before the audience, which I thought was so enlightening, is everyone knows the dismal statistics of divorce. And for those that are listening and don't know, 54% of marriages end in divorce. In Orange County, 70% of marriages mm. end in divorce. And so I mean, it's just so dismal. But then I came across this amazing statistic that for couples that are committed to spend just five minutes, just five minutes in the word four times a week, as individuals or a couple, the odds drop one to 1,763 for divorce. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> so basically the Bible is free therapy. Yeah. And uh, what's what's more expensive, a divorce or spending time uh, reading God's word? So I thought that was, that. that's why I rooted it back in scripture. And so uh, I, I believe that one of the book, best books in the Bible that really paints a new beautiful picture of sexuality and attraction and romance that we get to redeem, we get to resurrect that back is the message uh, coming out of Songs of Songs, mm-hmm. Solomon's most beautiful poemic work. And it is a love story. Uh, there's an allegorical approach and a literal approach. I love the literal approach. Mm-hmm. A real man loving a real woman in a real relationship with real conflict and real legacy. Mm-hmm. And so I pulled out just one segment of that book that I love and they were just insanely attracted to each other and not just in the lusty musty days of their dating, but in the long term when they look back at their marriage and still find each other attractive Mm -hmm. and the things that they found attractive about each other weren't necessarily just the physical. So in terms of conditional love and unconditional love, how do you coach a couple to keep that unconditional love alive forever. So many people put conditions on it. You know, if you're healthy or strong, that's why the divorce rate is so high is because once they hit a bump in the road, right. they're looking for the exit. Right. But how do you keep that unconditional love just constant? So if your, your wife or your husband gets sick or if they lose their job or right. if they get, you know, to a stage of life where they don't look as good as they did 20 years ago, um, what's your encouragement for people to sort of just always keep 
a Christ-like approach to mm. their marriage. You know, this is, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna sound old school and this might not be for everyone. In fact, um, I, it goes against a lot of modern therapy and therapeutic practices for like from a counseling perspective. But if divorce isn't an option, then divorce isn't an option. And I know this is not for everyone, but for Matt and I, we just decided early on, we will not get divorced. Now, of course, there's caveats if there's, you know, biblical grounds for divorce, but that's just not even a box that we're going to open. And so even in moments where we disagree, even in moments where we are, listen, I am Latina. I've came out the womb fighting. Okay. So I'm not the easiest (laughs) person to get along with, but we just decided very early on, we are not going to get divorced. Mm -hmm. After that, we both are committed to spending intentional time together. And I firmly, we both firmly believe in like godly, biblical, therapeutic counseling, um, a safe place outside because uh, actually it was Pastor Jimmy that brought up that men intrinsically don't want to feel vulnerable with some of the cracks or chinks in the armor of marriage. And so this provided us a safe place to have honest dialogue and a third party to mitigate arguments or conversations or bring clarity. In addition to that, we did have the, I would say our tertiary level of investment into our marriage was community with couples who had been married, uh, but specifically even because it's our marriage, a blended family. Mm -hmm. So we got to learn um, that some of the potholes that maybe some other marriages didn't face, but for those that come from blended families, there's language and nomenclature and experience that we got to learn from. That's good. This is the Exo Marriage Podcast. You're hearing Bianca Oltoff preach the word of God. Um, and I want to end here, but I was listening to a TED talk you did and you talked about how you grew up. Of course, the Mexican Rican word is awesome, but uh, you grew up poor, didn't learn how to read or write until you were 12. Uh, is that right? I am so impressed with your research, Thank friend. You so much. I really am. Thank you. Um, that is right. But now you're you're doing so many great things. You've mm. uh, started a church. Uh, you're speaking. Your conference schedule, I know, is full. Encourage those out there that may have started uh, in an area that you know they don't have a lot to do, uh, a lot to work with, yeah. but they want to get there. Yeah. So a little bit of that history. I'm a first generation American. I um, was raised in East Los Angeles with my parents. My parents made a decision to home educate us. So we were homeschooled and my mom had this very like laissez-faire approach to education. Uh, So I didn't start academics, taking academics super seriously until I was older and I found the repercussions of that. But even like statisticians would have put uh, me and my siblings in the category highest prone to failure. Female, brown, living in the hood, illiterate, obese. And there isn't a magic pill. There isn't, you know, this one thing. I can't help but root everything back into scripture. Mm -hmm. It is my barometer. It is my guide. And I had a conversation uh, based out of the prophet Isaiah or Jeremiah that he had with God. And I said, okay, if people of the Old and New Testament could speak to you, I'm going to try to speak to you too. And Mm -hmm. I was 12 years old. And I said, if you give me words, I will give you my voice. And the promises that we make to God He is so faithful Mm -hmm. because he could take our little and every time that there's lack given in the Bible, the widow that only had a few droplets of oil, uh, the few fish and loaves, the water that needed to be turned into wine. Every time that there is a lack, if we surrender to God, he takes our little and does supernaturally lot with it. And wherever people are at, even if they're holding on to a shred of faith for their marriage. They're holding on to a shred of faith for their ill child. They're holding on to a shred of faith for a relationship. They're holding on to a shred of faith for their job. If you surrender that shred of faith to God, I believe that he could take something and do something supernatural with it. The problem with our Western American culture is that we think God's gonna do more and more looks like the American dream. 
that might not be more. Mm -hmm. And so if we hold on to, I'm surrendering this to God and believing that what he gives me in return is my absolute best. And I'm, listen, one of the things that I appreciate about being raised in the hood is I can make a dollar out of 15 cents. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus ain't the only one that can turn water into wine. Like we, if we just take what God has given us and are empowered by his presence, by the spirit of God, I believe that God will open up doors and do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask, think, or imagine, which is the conference theme verse mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, amen. Thank you so much for being on Thank the podcast you. today. so fun. Yeah, I know you're out of here and you're on to the next conference, but uh, safe travels back to California. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and we want to let you know about another marriage podcast with Dave and Ashley Willis called Naked Marriage, where they talk about real and raw marriage topics like sex, communication, openness, and more in a fun, lighthearted atmosphere. Search for Naked Marriage with Dave and Ashley Willis in iTunes and start listening today.